0: and welcome back to the What The Fork Sunland Preview Podcast. Two wins and three have lightened the mood slightly on your side. And if they can make another one on Saturday against Oxford and go joint top, we'll be heading into Christmas break. Pretty happy, I think. Um, however, standing now away is an Oxford United team who are also looking to probably kickstart their own promotion campaign. And to join me to discuss the game, making his fourth appearance on the pod, is a man I won't refer to as a guest because you've now become a friend, like we have <laughs> catch-ups beforehand, like, how are you? Yes, things are fine. I'm not dead yet. Um, but as I'm sure you know, it's Oxford fan Si, from the Fence End Pod. Si, I've asked you already, but how are you doing? Are you all right?
1: I'm very well, yeah. Thanks for having me on again. Yes, I'm enjoying, enjoying the uh, coming back.
0: Yeah, I, th- I was going to say, it's like the fourth appearance, um, and you'll probably end up with like eight this year because we'll both end up in the playoffs at some point, so we know it's coming. Yeah. So uh, record appearance maker, mate. I don't know if but, it's a thing to be proud of, but there you go, you've sure. got it.
1: <laughs> but not we won't be won't be playing each other in the FA Cup or any of the cups because we're out of everything now.
0: So Yeah, we're we'll getting there, but then I must say talking about it we are speaking before the papa johns game um which probably shows you how much concentration i'm paying towards it unless we win it and then it's brilliant and the best yeah. trophy in the world um we'll start straight from the top we got whacked five one off rather them a few weeks ago and it was really depressing um you got a nil nil draw at home sounds actually really mm. impressive considering the form and especially the goal scoring form they're in looked at the statistics haven't really seen much of the highlights how was the performance
1: well, phenomenal in a way, because um, obviously last Saturday or the Saturday before we were supposed to be playing Wigan, Got I got within 10 miles of Wigan, game got called off. We had nine, I think it was nine or seven or nine players off with, uh, with co- who tested positive that morning with COVID, um, including the goalkeeper. Um, so that game got called off. There was a, a likelihood or a possibility that Fleetwood in the week was going to get called off. We managed to get a side together for that. And then Rotherham on, on Saturday was pretty much the same scratch team because still having seven players out with COVID um, and we got the first choice keeper out with glandular Fever. So it, it was a real scratch team. So we most fans sort of went there thinking, well, we got three points against Fleetwood on Tuesday. So as long as we don't get absolutely tanked, we'll, it won't be too bad. And by the end of the game, it was Rotherham that were taking their time over throw-ins and stuff because we looked more likely to win the game than they did. It was, yeah, quite a, a... I think as a nil-nil result goes, it was it was phenomenal.
0: Funny when you mentioned all the injuries and stuff you had, say I was expecting you to be able to, Cameron Brannigan's got leprosy. Um, <laughs> Matty Taylor's out with scurvy, so we're all good. Um, so you actually went down to the game and got called off beforehand?
1: Yeah, Wigan um, was uh, called off at about, I think, about half past 11, quarter to 12. And I, I was within about 10 miles of uh, of Wigan and the phone had been pinging for a while but i was driving so like the m6 always does at some point you get stuck in traffic and you don't move so i had a quick look at the phone and um it was all messages saying "Oh, the games off so i kind of came off at of the next junction turned around stopped and had a coffee at one of the services and then drove home <laughs> so it was uh, but it, they, they they had tried apparently to get hold of a um uh, an emergency loan keeper but there wasn't anyone available local enough to Wigan on the Saturday morning to, um, to help us out. Because, the, like I say, the, the, the first choice keeper's out with glandular fever. Simon Eastwood, who's been playing in his absence, was one of the ones that tested positive. And there's a youth team keeper that's in the squad. But because he'd been in close contact with Simon Eastwood and he's only got one jab because he's 18... He couldn't like, you know, he had to isolate as well. So it was, it was, they apparently they did try the hardest, but without a keeper, you know, um, and I hadn't taken my gloves with me, otherwise I'd have gone in goal. So yeah, it was turn around and come back. Oh,
0: nightmare. You know, to be uh, fair, it was a nightmare last year when we were sticking the house and the games were getting called off. Because if you got one game called off, it was like three games were called off because there's yeah. that many games in. But thankfully, apart from the one or two games, we've managed to avoid it. I assume they've all recovered and they're all, they're all well, unfortunately. Well, I was going to say unfortunately for us, or something I'm wishing them bad yeah. I certainly don't, lads, but what I mean is your squad's fully fit apart from that.
1: Yeah, um, there was the news, they haven't said who. One of the players um, wasn't great, apparently. Not not sort of critical or anything serious like that, but, you know, not particularly Rough. well. Um, yeah. um, whether or not he's being jabbed or not, I know one or two of them um, had said they hadn't been, so it's kind of a little bit of a, a guessing game as to who that player is. Um, and of course the ones that have tested positive with, you know, you're never too sure whether they've tested positive and absolutely find no symptoms and just happen to be, you know, testing positive. Um, or whether they've actually got a little bit of, you know, not feeling hundred percent that might just impact them this weekend. So at the moment it's a kind of, we have no idea who's going to be available fit or or starting. Um
0: no, now look, it's not going to be any really good players, is it? It's going to be like the shite right back or something like that. <laughs>
1: yeah, well, the, the the left back is out because he's picked up um, whatever the the accumulation on yellow cards is. So um, it was it was the back four that was a real scratch back four on um, on on Tuesday um, and Saturday, where it was a the, he was the only one that normally starts was the left back. He played in both games. Um, but the centre halves weren't the normal centre halves. One of them was a right back, and we had a right back who doesn't normally play at all. So, it was. It looks like Seddon, who's the left back that played, won't be playing. So it's even with him, um, with him being out, it's going to be a rearranged sort of back four anyway, regardless of the COVID thing.
0: I can't even laugh because we've got no left backs either. <laughs> they don't exist at They've all got injured. Not with COVID. They've all got injured with the accumulation of just. Cough, leg, hernia. I don't know what it yeah. was. Um, but to be fair, the recent form decent, decent. Um, looking on yeah. paper, obviously, it's not full of wins. You've got 2-2 two, two draws, but they're with Ipswich and Wotherham, as we've mm. touched on the Wotherham before. Fleet, uh, 3-1-1 over Fleetwood, which I think obviously came um, last week. However, you, you were knocked out of the FA Cup by Joey Barton's Bristol Rovers, who have had a little bit of a resurgence, to be fair to them. Mm. But cup games are cup games. Is the form being all right, apart from that?
1: Yeah, and, and those two games it's it's odd because like you say, you look at we haven't we've only lost one game since sort of mid-September and apart in the league. And the the home game against Bristol Rovers, we went uh we were two-one up. We were absolutely bossing. It could have been five or six-one at that point. We'd hit the post, the crossbar, the goalkeeper had made loads of saves. Um, and then Carl Robinson decided to make loads of substitutions because he could. Um and um, with about sort of three or four minutes to go, one of the subs who, who'd hardly played all season came on, he gave away a penalty, they scored, goes to the replay. And in the replay, same thing, we, were, we, we got to one all and gone into extra time. We scored two goals right at the start of extra time, three one up, again, playing really well. And he, he messes around with the substitutions and the formation. And then we concede three goals in the second half of of extra time and it it just it, it's it's really odd that the that the the league form has been good and we've been solid and not you know not giving stuff away you know Ipswich nil nil they hated it because we just managed the game brilliantly you know it was like okay we're not going to win this with 15 minutes to go we'll make sure we don't lose and at Bristol Rovers in both games it was like we we just sort of switched off and threw it away so yeah the league form's great those two cup games were were weird in that we played pretty well in both of them to a point and then just threw it away
0: because it's weird it's a weird result considering it's a league two team um mm. consider how many goals you shipped how short of a time you shipped them because you've got the third best defensive record in the league behind yeah. Rotherham and Wigan I think it is and I think a lot of your a lot of your decent form or your, your position, which is eighth, as we're speaking, is based on having a pretty solid back four, as it yeah. kind of was last year and being organised, wasn't it? Hmm. That, that's yeah. certainly how it seems anyway.
1: Yeah, no, definitely. It is it, it is something that we, you kind of look, like you say, it doesn't necessarily feel like that, but you look at the the, the statistics and it's like, actually, yeah, no, we, we we are pretty tight at the back. And, you know, with, with the two games with, like I say, makeshift, back four to not concede against Rotherham who were scoring goals for fun. It was, you know, it was a, a real, real backs to the wall performance, but, but equally it wasn't, you know, we, we played some decent stuff at times as well and, and could have possibly won the game.
0: I'm pretty certain you, you restricted Rotherham to, I think was one shot on target. I mean, obviously they had a few off target, but I think it was mm. only one shot on target to the entire game, wasn't it?
1: Yeah. Yeah. It, it was, I think we certainly against Fleetwood we did it a little bit more in that, OK, this back four is a bit iffy. The front six were probably four or five, first choice of the front six. Matty Taylor wasn't playing and and one or two others, but Branigan started, Kane started, James Henry, Holland, you know, they're, they're, those are players that you would expect to start. So it was OK, right, the best way to sort of protect the back four is attack and, and play on the front foot. And we, we did that. Really well against Fleetwood. And to an extent, we did it pretty well against Rotherham as well, where we, you know, we at times we look we look very dangerous.
0: I think for Oxford in in a way, and I hope I'm not offending any Oxford fans here or offending any Sunderland fans really, but I think the expectations in the history of the football clubs do differ, but we do find ourselves mm. in the same league and in a very, very similar vein to Sunderland Oxford are a side that are almost consistently there or thereabouts since we've been here, but ultimately end up in the playoffs fourth, fifth or sixth, mm. find it too hard to navigate, very much the same as ourselves. And it becomes a little bit like Groundhog Day. I don't think it's a secret that Sunderland fans and Sunderland as a whole is absolutely fed up with being in this division where we are, based on the history that we have. You know, 100 yeah. years of history says we, we, we don't really play at this level. Um, Oxford, maybe a little bit different, but is the mood in the fan base similar because of those kind of, not even near misses, because like, yeah, you had a final, but last year it was kind of gone before it even started. And, mm. But you're always there, or thereabouts. You're never completely out of it. You've always got that little bit of hope, which kind of kills you, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, uh, th- certainly the last two seasons where we've made the playoffs, we've started the season really appallingly. You know, this time, so I think this time yeah. last year we were in the in the relegation second spots. bottom or something. Yeah, weren't you? Yeah, you, yeah, you know, it was deep into November. You know, it, we, we were we were still in. You know, looking at. Looking down rather than up, um, and we then went on decent runs. Sort of got through Christmas, went on some you know really good runs, and got ourselves into the playoffs. If we can replicate that sort of after Christmas form, then you know this season might be the year that we can look at the automatics rather than you know the lottery of a of a playoff place. Because you know no matter how well you play or or luck can be against you, yeah, you don't. I think it's lovely. If you can say, right, you can guarantee going up in the playoffs, it's great because it tricked to Wembley and it's a big game and it's fantastic. But you, you don't want that. You can't guarantee it. So, you know, you want to be looking at the automatics. And I, th- I think after the last couple of seasons, yeah, playoffs would be, I think, a minimum for people, for the fans. And there's a, a little bit of not sort of disquiet exactly, but it's almost sort of looking to the end of the season and going, right, if we don't go up this year you know, as Robinson had three goes at it? And, and do you then go, okay, let's, let's give somebody else a chance. Or do you go, well, you know, maybe he's overachieving with the budgets. If you look at the size, like you say, Sunderland, massive club at this level, you know, with history and his fan base and all of that sort of stuff. And there's other, you know, Pompey and, and, and Charlton and Sheffield Wednesday, and, you know, lots of big clubs at this level, maybe we're overachieving a bit by getting in the playoffs. And it's, it, it's a real sort of difficult one to judge. I guess come the end of the season, we'll have a better idea of where we're going to be and therefore what the fans think of, of how we've done. Um, but I think playoffs are a minimum this season. After the last, you know, you get in it two years on the trot, anything less than that, you feel is a, a wasted season.
0: I think as well, I've touched on history and, and where clubs are normally in, the, in throughout their timescale and might be a few younger people listening to this and no offense to them they can only watch the football that they were live for but Oxford have predominantly been league two league one whereas when I was young mm. you were what we were class as division one or the championship for, yeah for those young enough to remember mm. um old enough to remember division one with like Joey Beecham obviously John Byrne all that kind of stuff as a fan base we historically see ourselves I think as, as a Premier League club with that level of um potential if we're managed correctly where do Oxford
1: see themselves? yeah i think championship level you know division 2 whatever you know we we had those sort of three seasons in the in the mid late 80s in in the old division 1 premiership as it is now you know and won the milk cup league cup it it's i don't yeah we are definitely not that level um but i think at a we could reasonably look at ourselves and go there's no reason why we can't be in the championship um you know, historically, we, we spent a lot of time in 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 that level at that level, um, you know, championship level. I, I guess we're we're that kind of top of top of League One middle ish of of championship if you'd sort of taken a, a division just sort of sliding scale, that's kind of where we we would probably see ourselves historically. You know, yeah, the last few years have, have not been that great and, and we've had a, a you know a few years in in non-league. But prior to that it was yeah a sort of that's I guess where we would hope to be and, and probably size of the club you'd argue is about right
0: you touched on Carl Robinson before Um, I'm sure any Sunderland fan knows who Carl Robinson is (laughs) Um, and there'll be other fans that know Carl Robinson is because Carl Robinson is what he is Um, there's no no beating around the bush but in a very similar way to a man we both know very well Chris Maguire unless you're playing against him Um, so unless he plays for you 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 probably get annoyed by him I think Robinson's probably very similar but he has done a job at Oxford he has made them a force in this division Um, however touched on before becomes Groundhog Day Fans can be very fickle, like, mm. you know, when, when things keep happening and especially when it's like what we've been through the past few years, you get into the playoffs and it's, you're going in shite form and then you might win your first leg of your playoff or your second leg and get to a final and the hope comes back and you go, and then you just miss out. You never like just flatline through your season, you're always there or thereabouts and, neither the end, and the hope can make you a bit more ambitious or a bit more angry so say Oxford finish in the playoffs or finish outside the playoffs, but ultimately the don't go up in the season isn't as successful as you want it to be. Does Carl Robinson then get replaced in your opinion? Because I know there'll be different opinions across the fan base, but if it was you, where, where would you go with it?
1: Yeah, it's, it's a tough one. And I I, I I hate to sort of sit on the fence about it. I think there's a lot as well going on with, with the ownership um, of the club in that the Tiger, who's the majority shareholder at the moment, uh, is looking at, at selling some of his shares to... Um, the other board members who are much much wealthier than he is you know they're in the sort of billionaire status who are looking at building a new stadium um and really developing links with the city of Oxford and Indonesia uh, which is where they're based and and I think he he gets on well with those the the board members that are looking to to sort of take over if you like and and I guess it it would be how if we don't make it, how did we not make it? You know, if, if we just sort of after Christmas sort of end up floating around in mid table, then, I, you know, you'd perhaps go yeah, Maybe enough is enough. If if it's an unlucky sort of playoff campaign, then you might say, OK, let's give in till Christmas. Um, but the owners will have their own ideas and. and and certainly in the past, you know, there, there were times in previous seasons where you kind of think maybe his time has come and they've stuck with him and it's kind of ended up not too bad. Yeah, it, <laughs> I am gonna sit on the fence because I it, it's it's a tricky one. I think if it's a difficult if we get, question, it's hypothetical, yeah. I've asked
0: you, isn't it? Like yeah. what, what if he wins the league? Do you give him a yeah. five year contract? <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. No, I think if if we don't make the playoffs, I think yeah, his time. I think there's a there's a, a a genuine sort of okay. You've had three goes at it. You know this season wasn't as good as the last two. We're not going forwards. Uh, maybe it's a time with with the new ownership and and everything that comes around that. Maybe that's a point at which you draw a line and go okay, let's move on to to somebody else. Um,
0: yeah. You touched on before about the uh, the ownership and stuff like that. I, <sighs> I mean, I don't want to like sway decision on this, but there's two guys I know fairly well. Um, <laughs> S- Stewart and uh oh, I can't remember if it, Meth, Meth- Methven or something like that. Apparently big Oxford fans and and I mm. would really good things. You you don't want to take them from us, do you?
1: no we're we're quite happy with the the owners um, that we've got at the moment I know you know I think Stuart's had a couple of opportunities potentially to to buy into the club um, for whatever reason you know I don't know it's not happened Um, and I think maybe sort of Owners who are fans don't always make the best decisions, you know. Um, I think you sometimes need <laughs> what, to. What made you think that? <laughs> Net, Netflix, by any chance? Possibly. Possibly. We we'll need, we'll need someone
0: to take Will Greg mate. So come yeah. on, mate.
1: yeah. Well, he, he We've we've nearly taken him a couple of times. I think it was uh, he played under the Robinson at uh, MK Don's. So, so I think he they, they they know each other quite well. Um, but yeah, I. No, I, I think the 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 potential new owners, you know, I say look, are looking at stadium, a uh, new stadium, and also kind of creating links with Indonesia, almost like in the same way that for a while, you know, you look at you know, Leicester and and the connection with Thailand, you know, it, it's apparently, you know, there, there's a it's what's the word they look, sort of cut through or whatever it is within mm-hmm. in, in, within Indonesia, you know, Oxford United are, are known as a club. I think it helps having a city you know being based in a city that is known all over the world you know not for necessarily for football but for being a no, no. university you know if people know where it is and what it is um and, and sort of piggybacking on that brand that oxford name is something that they they've said they want to do which makes sense you know it's you know obviously Sunderland are a big club in, in football in terms you know but you look at you know They're not going to do what they want to do with Oxford at, say, Fleetwood or Accrington, with all due respect to them. Yeah, no, absolutely. Those places aren't known all around the world, you know. There's stuff you can do with Oxford, isn't there?
0: There's stuff you can do with Oxford. You've got a building block to begin from, um, where you can sort of build. Are you still sponsored by Singer Beer?
1: no we're um oh, it's uh who is it this season visit thailand i think this season i'm trying oh, to think singer, no singer. it's not it's not oh, sorry eb charging there's a, a it's an electrical uh, car sort of car charging uh company
0: disappointed i so, wanted singer yeah. back on there Singer's a great point well point. i've only ever drunk it in bottles but there you <laughs> go. um in terms of oxford we've touched on it a little bit about where you feel you are statistic and um, sorry historically what would happen if Robinson didn't get into the playoffs? So you might have answered this question, but I'll ask it anyway. You don't speak for the whole fan base. I get that, um, but what is the general feeling? Of what the aim would be for Oxford this season when the season began?
1: I think yeah, playoffs is is. Like I mean, I mean got in the playoffs for the last couple of years you you kind of it's a it's almost a a sort of a a temptation to go well that's where we should be you know we've done it twice why shouldn't we do it again um and and with the money that that's been invested um in the playing staff you know we we got Herbie Kane um who apparently you know won't have come cheap he's not you know, he's not on silly money but at our level it was a bit of a kind of like where right, I pushed the boat out because he was available it was somebody that we we definitely um sort of work for and and Gavin white and Nathan Hollander were both coming on loan but I would imagine there's you know a, a fair amount that we're paying towards their wages both uh, Gavin white championship player Nathan Holland a Premier League player so he's been backed it's not like the the manager hasn't got what he wants and it's pretty I can't there's only a couple of players that were were at the club before he arrived and you know he's playing them you know um, James Henry is was here before before Robinson but he's playing some of the best sort of football of his career so far with us you know he's been really good so the manager's got everything he wants we've got a, a fantastic new training ground that we've you know in the past we've been moving around here there and everywhere we've got an established base he's he's got everything he needs and it's kind of not a case of right now deliver but yeah i think playoffs is 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 where the the backing would would put you you know you've you've got everything you want you've got your players we've backed you yeah, now go on and make sure you you get at least the playoffs
0: in terms of players you mentioned Herbie Kane there I think people remember he was at Doncaster a few years ago came to Liverpool really impressive mm. season when he was at Donny when they had Marquis and I think three four seasons ago um, Seddon is obviously someone that people remember him from Portsmouth last year mm. I think Pompey fans really liked him Nathan Holland you've touched on as well obviously he came in um, but in general statistically again and I don't watch you every week which is why I do these shows Um it looks at like the familiar faces, are the ones that stand out: Taylor, Henry, Brannigan, If you're looking mm. at goals and assists, um, but which players could be the surprise that some fans might not know about?
1: Um, the the centre half, depending on how, how he lines up, you know, it, Luke McNally um, is is a, a young centre half that we that came in um, back in the summer. We, we've, I think that. I saw today, the last three summers, we've sold good centre-halves. Uh, Curtis Nelson, like, three years ago, uh, then Rob Dickey, then Rob Atkinson. And and it's always that kind of like, oh, you know, what are we are going to do without him? And it's kind of, well, we replaced Curtis Nelson with Rob Dickey, who now looks fantastic for QPR. He's, you know, I think he'll be one that maybe in the January transfer winner could easily play in the Premier League. You know, and then when he went, it's like, oh, what are we going to replaced him with Rob Dickey uh, with Rob Atkinson sorry and it's we've hopefully got another one with um with Luke McNally um who who's played like I say in the last couple of games played a centre half and was man of the match against Rotherham he was you know he really was fantastic and it, he he might be one that you won't won't know and he could well play with like i say with with Seddon being um uh, out banned because of the yellow cards Thornley might come back in um Jordan Thornley who, who's a left-sided centre-half, will probably play left-back. So I can see McNally playing again, um, and he's he, he really does look quite good. He started and scored one of the goals against Fleetwood as well, so he, he's a threat at set-pieces. When we never score at, at, at corners, it's kind of one of those things. I think we're, that's probably the first goal we've scored in 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 this season, probably from a set-piece.
0: You mentioned the centre-half, because I remember chatting this time last year because we played said, the second game of the season, I think it was, and, and Atkinson had basically made his debut, but he'd been sent off in the opening game of the season. Yeah, it was rescinded, and and I remember chatting about that, and then I remember looking in the summer, and he went for about one and a half million. Rob Dickie yeah. went for one and a half. There's teams in the Premier League looking at Rob What Why, why did Oxford produce decent centre offs?
1: I I think we've one of the things that the club do really well is have a, a fantastic recruitment setup. You know, they they look at Players. uh, There was a program. I think BT did a a sort of a day following Carl Robinson, and one of the things they had was a board with all the positions, and they've identified two or three players for every position. You know, from other clubs, not within our club, Players that okay. If so and so goes, we we've got two or three lined up who play in the same way. They you know to the extent they they look into social media posts they put. You know, look at everything. Are they the right sort of person to bring in? So. It's something that we've they've done very well is is identify replacements. So, like I say, in the same way that when Rob Atkinson went, sorry, Rob Dickey went, we got Rob Atkinson who who plays in a very similar way. Um, this season it, we've got um, Elliot Moore who's captain the side. He's another one centre half who we got from he was on loan at um, out in Europe from Leicester. We got him in from Leicester. He's captain the side. He looks fantastic. He might be the next centre half that goes. And in a way, Luke McNally is very similar to him in the way that he plays. So it's pro- it's almost like they've kind of they've got this two or three year plan that goes right. Well, we'll bring him in, we'll have a year with him, and then he'll probably go, <laughs> and we need to bring in somebody to replace him. So it, it, yeah, the recruitment has been really, really good, and um, um, we've we've been lucky with set- not lucky with centre halves. They've, they've come in, they play well, and, and I think it's it's testament to the recruitment process that we've got that they've got targets for every position recruitment
0: so massive at this level i think maybe this is an outlandish statement but maybe even because of the budget's even more so here than maybe the premier league where if you Mm. make a mistake you can you can make a 40 million pound mistake sometimes um, and still recover from it i mean you look at liverpool for example it was only a five six year gap between them spending 35 million carol and Mm. 30 million on Salah, and one one works one one (laughs) Really didn't, didn't no. um, but you can afford to do that. Whereas this level, if you do spend decent amount of money, that that's kind of it. Like you, mm. it's great. Shining yeah. example. You're not going to spend three, four million pounds again at this level. With Sunderland, we might do if we go up. Mm. God, please, I hope we go up. Um, but we're never going to spend that money again because we think, well, pff, look what we've been lumbered with. Someone on yeah. sixteen grand a week or something like that, or twelve grand a week, and, and four million pounds or three million pounds on the drain. So I think I think recruitment's massive, and I think mm. as much as. It's been a bit wishy-washy this season, at, at times anyway. The one thing I can't cr- t- criticise the Sunderland for is, is probably our recruitment this season. I think a lot of the players have came in of raw because they're young, but you know, mm-hmm. bringing in young, hungry players that can improve and will bring in stuff, which is basically what you've sort of just explained, which brings me wonderfully on to my favourite question. Um, it hasn't been my favourite question recently, but it's getting back to it with two wins and three. Um you're quite close with Sunderland because of where we've been in the league for a long time we had that famous game last year where Robinson and everyone had a fight in the tunnel Um, I know you keep an eye on us but what what are your thoughts on Sunderland and and Lee Johnson how our season's been so far
1: Uh, yeah it's it's I think you you've probably it looks better than it, it 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 you started the season better perhaps than you have done in the past it, and then it's a it, it's kind of those three three defeats on the trot you look at it and you think now is is that just a blip and you're now going to go on a run of of you know of wins and and you know a, a really good sort of points haul or is that sort of something a bit more worrying you know because Shrewsbury and and Cambridge was you know drawing with Shrewsbury, only just scraping past Cambridge. It's kind of like, you know, you should be, if you're, if it's, if it is just a blip, those, you should be winning those by more. And it's also it, and the it's manner
0: good. of the defeats as well, isn't it? I mean, you've got Rotherham Portsmouth, 5-1-4-0. Mm.
1: Yeah.
0: That's a bit. Yeah. Yeah, that's great.
1: Yeah. And you kind of think, okay, is it, is it the size of the club again, being too much for some people? You know, obviously McGee is doing fantastically, he's, you know, he's, he's We've said this before. He's probably the best player that's played at this level, or certainly in the top five of the players that played at this level. And and he's he's one that will will thrive with that pressure. Other players, maybe it gets too much, um, and perhaps for managers as well, it can it can be the same. That you know, there's there's obviously far more pressure on a manager at Sunderland, or different pressure, let's say, than somebody uh, you know at Cambridge or Wimbledon or somewhere like that, where where they're not expected to go up. You know, Sunderland will expect every season that you're in this division to go up, and and it's it's not easy. We've said this before. It's a it's a tough division to get out of, and this season especially. So you know, you look at the size, you know, the size of the clubs in here again. It's it's phenomenal. And next season, Derby almost certainly will be down. You know, and it, it's well, not going to get in. any easier. It's not going to get any easier. So it's yeah, I, I you should be going up you know regardless of how poor it was you know that that premier league season and then and then straight relegation again you know you've kind of stopped the rot you've you've turned it round a bit and, and and you're there or thereabouts but you really should be going up and and it's it's not easy as you found
0: yeah there's a fear that after like the four year period are we just part of the furniture mm. Are we just leak on something but fingers crossed I've not been happy recently but you know one thing changes that and that's wins which does bring me on to sort of final two questions one thing I always ask them, am sure you know you're touching McGeady there obviously McGee's out for three months or so or nine out mm. for nine months or so um I know you're a fan of both in terms of players to look out for which ones have caught your eye this season from the games you've seen that could be fit there's not many of them but there might well, be the, one or two
1: well the, the lad up front Stewart. I think he's you know he's one that you, like you said, you, you kind of recruitment there, you know, he's, he's a player that I, knowing I was coming on, I had a quick look just to see, you know, who was scoring the goals and stuff like that. And it's, he's not come from, you know, from a premier league club or a championship club or you, but you know, it, it's that identifying players that are, that suit the way you want to play. You know, it, it might be that if you get promoted, he's shipped out because he's not going to suit the way you'll play at, at, um, at championship level. But at this level, you you want somebody who's you know, he's he's played in Scotland. That's not easy, you know. It's not it's it's not you know they're not going to be playing the ball around on the floor and nice you know. Oh, we'll, we'll let you have the ball and you you know it's it's tough and it's it's the same. It's it's that league league one tough. You know the, you're up against centre halves who will kick you and and if he's been used to playing a little bit sort of farmers leagues you know it's, it's that kind of yeah it, well okay yeah go and kick me I don't care I'll, I'll get up and I'll 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 put it in the back of the net and it, you need that level of ability but you need that level of, of robustness as well
0: I think take out Rangers and Celtic because obviously I watch a lot of Scottish football yeah. because of the way it's reason I live I think take out Rangers and Celtic it is like a league one level where people yeah. will give you a kick off the backside significantly funnier um, the Scottish Premiership and the leagues below it are significantly funnier than League One because mm-hmm. um, there's always about five Scottish football moments of the week that I could count on if I wanted to do that. Um, but yeah, no, no, Ross does probably been no our player of the year in my opinion so far. Um, Lee Johnson said you need to work harder. I think everyone's a bit perplexed by that. <laughs> um, if you're listening to Ross, I'm sure you're not. You don't. You're doing just fine, mate. Um, final question is always predictions, but I kind of realised this, right? Taking out one of the caveats, I always felt like we struggled against Oxford. We've never actually lost against you since we come out in League One.
1: No, no. I think there were penalties, it? lots of lots of draws in the first sort of couple of seasons. one ones 0-0s one, nil, or something like that. And then, and then, yeah. And then you've been winning since then. Um, yeah, it's going to be tough, uh, you know, with with the COVID players coming back and 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 how that might go. I'd be happy with a draw. Um, we've got a little run of of games against teams around us. And as, I think as long as we don't drop points against those, you, you know, yourselves, we've got MK Dons, we've got Wigan, if we can at least not lose those games, so we're, we're parity on points, and then the games in hand, like you've got, we've got a couple of games in hand on on teams, win those in games in hand, and, and you're then looking at the automatic. So I, I, I think I'll go back to those sort of first couple of seasons, say a one-all draw. It wouldn't be surprising to be
0: fair, but I've I've gone draws and defeats that recently, so I'm going to go win. Um, which might be kind of the worst thing to do because I've done that a few times and got beat. But I fancy a one 0 like a sneaky, like a kind of similar to the game a few years ago when Parkinson was the manager and we went down to your place and I think Jordan Willis scored in two minutes and then it was just defending very very well for the yeah. best part of eighty eight mm-hmm. minutes. Um. But an interesting game nonetheless. But but say si, obviously there'll be people that'll be used to your voice, and there'll be people that'll probably follow you anyway if, if they listen to the pod. Um, but if they haven't, if it's the first time they came across you, where can we we'll find sort of your pre air uh, post match and pre match stuff that Yeah, effective.
1: we're we're on the the fence end podcast um and that's that's what we're on twitter um so I'll, I'll we'll retweet when this goes live we'll we'll retweet as well um but yeah it's the it's the fence end podcast we don't we don't get to to do it as quite as frequently as as, as you have i think you know, like you say you do previews and reviews and all sorts we're, We yeah we we haven't got as much time unfortunately to do as much but yeah well, uh, I, mean, <laughs> I don't
0: do video it's, podcasts
1: it's, it's, <laughs> no. yeah so uh no we'll we'll uh we'll We'll listen out for when it goes live and we'll uh we'll retweet so uh yeah that's where we'll be, but nonetheless,
0: Sy thanks for joining me as always, mate. Um, got to catch up, got to chat, have a horrible Saturday. Um, as always, Thank that's, you. that's what we always do. As um, long as the
1: game is on and I don't have to turn around when I get the sort of Darlington or something like that, I'll be happy.
0: Omnicron coming to get you, <laughs> yeah, I think it's called cool that. <laughs> thanks for everyone for listening and do not forget to subscribe if you want. If you don't, sorry, right. cheers.